This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest today is Stephen Simon, author of seven books. He is currently a professor at MIT after spending nearly 40 years specializing in the Middle East in a variety of high-level jobs, both in and out of government. His newest title is Grand Delusion, The Rise and Fall of American Ambition in the Middle East. He is Zooming with me today from MIT in Massachusetts. Stephen, welcome to Book Talk. Glad to be here. Why did the United States get involved in the Middle East to begin with? For two reasons, really. I mean, the one was oil. Not so much for the United States at that time, but in the wake of World War II, you know, the Marshall Plan was great. But to be able to do serious reconstruction, well, that was going to require oil. And that oil had to come from Saudi Arabia. So it was a serious concern of the United States that nothing get in the way of the supply of oil to Europe. And likewise, it was thought that, you know, since this was so important to Europe, it would be at a minimum a serious temptation for the Soviets to try and block that oil to Europe. So that was the one thing. The other was the United States supported the creation of the State of Israel in 1948. It supported first the partition of Palestine into Jewish and and Arab areas, and then it supported the Declaration of Independence by the Israelis in May of 1948. And having done so, it acquired a commitment to ensure that the state wasn't, you know, destroyed in the, the first 10 minutes it existed. So you know, U.S. motivations were a little mixed because, you know, on the one hand, President Truman saw a growing interest among mobilized Jewish Americans, Democrats, who, you know, were, had been just knocked back on their heels by the reports of what had happened in the Holocaust. And they really wanted the United States to do something. And at the same time, the United States didn't want to have all those European Jews arriving on American shores. So, support for Palestinian, you know, a a Jewish state in Palestine became super important. And having acquired that commitment, the United States never abandoned it. So, you know, those were the, you know, the two big factors. Your book is a cautionary tale and is divided into chapters by president, starting with Jimmy Carter in the 70s, all the way to Joe Biden today. And as I read through, I wondered, why did presidential administrations time after time want to do things in the Middle East that never made sense to the people who live there? Well, you know, that's, that's the big question that, that I ask in, in the book, really. So let me answer it this way. I frame my case. I make my case, mm-hmm. you know, by discussing a couple of illusions or delusions. I'll explain why later, uh, you know, why I, I, I chose the word delusions. But anyway, two delusions. The one was that the United States could alter the fate of Middle Eastern countries and that its effort to do so would have positive global consequences. And the second delusion was that the U.S. had the power to do this. You know, these delusions, you know, were really kind of grafted on to two, can I say, pre-existing conditions? You know, the one, the one was a notion that is always at the 
frequently anyway, at the heart of American foreign policy, which is the pursuit of credibility and, and a reputation of resolve. Because the view is, if you're going to deter other countries from messing with you, they have to perceive you as tough. And the second pre-existing condition was just domestic politics, which tended to get in the way of, of sensible uh, foreign policy. I say tended, not didn't happen all the time, but it happened in, in certain important ways. And it seems like these two delusions of both American capacity and and the significance globally of fixing the Middle East really began with Reagan, which is when I came into government in the first term of the Reagan administration. The arc of intervention that that was that, that was set in motion uh, at that time escalated, really peaking with the 2003 invasion of Iraq, which was sufficiently disastrous. Once that peak was reached, the arc of intervention began to decline until really the end of Obama's first term when I left government uh, and and it intervention seemed to become at that point a thing of 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 the past now you know these these delusions were really really powerful and one of the things that constitutes a delusion is that you know the the, the delusory if i can use that word mm-hmm. um idea is impervious to counter argument or evidence solid evidence that the idea is you know it doesn't hold water the title for donald trump's chapter is the deal of the century what does that refer to yeah so the deal of the of the century is the way in which the administration referred to the so-called kushner plan and uh the the president's son-in-law is is a person named jared kushner and uh, he was tasked by his father-in-law to make a peace agreement between the palestinians and the israelis and uh, this would be an agreement that would not entail uh, palestinian independence or statehood or anything but but rather a slow period of economic uh, support largely funded by gulf states that would uh, supplant the pain or resentment over occupation with uh, economic well-being and economic growth and so forth. And that ultimately, this would lead to Palestinian independence, but probably not for a while. That was the Kushner plan. You know, basically, as as, uh, the Kushners and and the Trumps would approach a, a real estate deal in Manhattan, you know, the idea is that, you know, the other guy has his price, you know, and, and where do you find his price? And, you know, we'll, we'll drive his price down as low as possible. And then, you know, m- maybe we'll pay and then maybe we won't. That's, you know, that's how, you know, business is done in the real estate environment in New York, or at least, you know, among the, the few families that dominate it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was the, really the first that the Palestinians saw of it. And, you know, it was 
it was roundly rejected uh, by the Palestinians. They really weren't interested, you know, because from a Palestinian perspective, it's either they're going to get a Palestinian state or they're going to be joining the Israeli state and get citizenship. It didn't have a political component. Okay. It was basically a business deal. So that was, that was the deal of the century. Is there anything we didn't cover here that you'd like to add? Just that really two things. One is that if, if we go back to our core objectives, we've succeeded so well that both Israel and Saudi Arabia now feel quite at liberty to diss the United States. You know, so, and, and I don't think we should get a bad case of empty nest syndrome. You know, these, uh, the two kids, uh, you know, they've moved out of the house. They may be hanging around the wrong people, you know, they, they may be smoking in the bathroom and they, or whatever, you know, but they're healthy and secure and prosperous and they can, they can do that. So, you know, fine. And we're shifting our focus in Iraq now really to providing uh, economic advice and assistance and, and, and so forth. And I think that's, that's really great. So those are, those are good things. And lastly, look, I'd say there are two lessons here. One is, you know, people make fun of, of Obama for having said, don't do stupid stuff. That's the bowdlerized version of what he said. He said, don't do too stupid stuff. Well, to me, that's like on the scale of, I think, therefore I am. I mean, it may sound, you know, really simplistic, but you got to, as a policymaker, you really have to think about that. And the other is that the U.S. should stick to its knitting. I mean, in the sense that, you know, we have core interests, let's focus on those core interests, not come up with crazy ideas and apply them to situations where they don't belong, but just look coldly at our interests and pursue and protect those interests and not well, get over in other ways. Thank you. My guest is Stephen Simon, author of Grand Delusion, The Rise and Fall of American Ambition in the Middle East, published by Penguin Press. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. Thank you. But anyway, it was <laughs> talking to you. <laughs>